0: all right welcome back to wrestling retold and relived with Richie Mars I of course am your gracious host Richie Mars and with me today is a very a very very special guest he is a veteran of the podcast scene he's done this for quite a bit you might know him as scott from shoot the flick but i know him as one of my dear best friends scott eisenberg from shoot the flick scott great to have you here it's great to be here
1: honestly yeah now that you said it i've been podcasting for a long time
0: (laughs) yeah about like three or four years or has it been longer
1: uh shoot the flick has been we're about to finish our third year with shoot the flick and before that, I did other shows. So I've been podcasting for like six or seven years, give or take.
0: That is insane. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us on the show here today. And uh, today's topic is a very special topic because a lot of people call it the apex of pro wrestling before mainstream interest declined. That is Rock Austin 2. When I. Toyed with this idea of going back and reliving all these past feuds or topics. I asked you which one would you be most interested in doing, and you picked Rock and Austin. Why is that?
1: Okay, first off, this is arguably one of the biggest feuds of all time, given at the time two of the biggest baby faces in wrestling, maybe two of the biggest baby faces in wrestling, period. I'm a huge Rock fan, I've always been a gigantic Rock fan. And Austin, was he's up there for me too, but it's just crazy to think at the time you had these two, as even the Rock said, during the feud, two unstoppable forces meeting on the biggest stage to fight and neither of them were going to give an inch.
0: I wasn't watching during this time. I was a little bit too young. I think I was, I think it was like five or six when Rock Austin 2 happened. When did your fandom start? And was this like a big part of that?
1: I actually started as a WCW person.
0: Really? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I was a WCW fan before I was ever watched WWF, WWE. I was a huge fan of Kevin Nash. I came up right as the NWO became gigantic. Like it was was almost unavoidable when you were that young. Then... As time started going on and I started watching WWF, I quickly gravitated to The Rock because he is one of the biggest characters that has ever existed. He was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. I actually remember watching live, WCW said Mankind was going to win the WWF title. And I remember switching over because they thought, oh, we're going to spoil what WWF is going to do, and everyone turned to watch Mankind win the WWF title. It was the biggest miscalculation.
0: So do you think that was the point where you switched from a WCW fan to a WWF WWE fan, or do you think that happened later down the line?
1: I think that's kind of close to where the switch kind of happened. Like, I followed WWF, but I wasn't like crazy big into it yet. But that that was like the big like, oh, I'll switch over. And then I started getting into more of that stuff, like more of WWF storylines and stuff where Austin gets run over. I watched that tape
0: a lot. <laughs> the story really does begin to the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He wins the Royal Rumble.
1: Yes, yeah, his third time.
0: His third time, never been done before or since. Probably...
1: I was going to say probably won't be done again, but it probably will be done again, I assume by Roman.
0: Possibly. Next month at No Way Out, The Rock beats Kurt Angle for the WWE-WWF title in a very good match. And now we're on a collision course to WrestleMania 17, Rock versus Austin you
1: don't do this very
0: often in wrestling
1: you don't have two of the top baby faces fight each other, just like you don't have two of your top heels fight each other it's something that doesn't get done frequently you because it's like it's so much easier to have a heel face dynamic and build it that way than to have two faces fight each other. so you have to give a reason for these guys to fight each other and Like, yes, the WWF heavyweight title is the big reason, but you have to give them more than that.
0: I'll also go one step further. I don't think any company in the wrestling industry has been at a point where you had two baby faces that are legitimately at, like, the same level, if not 1A, 1B. Uh, I don't think wrestling has been the same again, where two guys break out into almost mainstream popularity. During this time, and their popularities were pretty much dead, even if not very close to.
1: Well, another big thing about this is, like, the reason the attitude ever gets so much love. And we we've had this argument before off air constantly. I think the talent today is greater than the attitude Era's talent.
0: I, I agree. But
1: the attitude, but the attitude ever, gets so much more love. Because at any given time, just even watching this feud, you had The Rock, Austin, Taker, Kane, Triple H, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, as much as I don't like bringing up his name, Chris Benoit was in there. You had all these guys who at any given point, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some, could have been world heavyweight champion realistically.
0: The talent pool of main event stars where you could like plug in and plug out at a moment's notice and it wouldn't feel weird or forced. Everybody was a viable contender at any time. There wasn't anybody who felt kind of out of place. The Rock and Austin, as far as I know, never had backstage quote unquote heat with each other. They never disagreed. It was more professional competition where it's like, I'm the top guy. No, I'm the top guy. And now you have these two colliding together to see who is, in fact, the top person in this industry. And both of them have, at that point, terrific claims to that top spot.
1: Well, yeah, of course, both of them have huge claims. I also think, I think they've said it in interviews separately at different times, talking about each other, is Rock, because he has such a pedigree with his family, Mm -hmm. he had Austin kind of, somewhere in his mind, resented. Rock's pedigree and Rock's claim to, and he, as you think he put it at the time, an easier route to the top.
0: The Rock has always been positioned as the handpicked guy. But with The Rock, it took him a little bit, just like Roman, ironically enough, to find his footing, to find his groove, to find The Rock, not just be that legacy character. He had to come into his own, show off his own personality. And with Stone Cold, that personality kind of bottled up from false starts, false breaks in WCW, even uh, WWE when he first came over as the ringmaster. And it was very like a blue collar way in a lot of aspects of getting to that top spot while The Rock was, he was handpicked and then he got it taken away from him. And then he had to scratch and claw to prove that he deserved that spot that they picked him in.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, The Rock... The Rock closely resembles Orton's rise too, because Orton has kind of some of the same thing of being just the smug little heel who was handpicked. It wasn't until he found the Viper persona that he became the superstar that he became. So the Rock need the Rock when he got his way into the Nation of Domination found that found the Rock,
0: and that's why I love this story of Rock austin because each guy's claim to be the top guy is believable because with the rock it's in his blood to be the top guy to be the wwe champion for stone cold he was the guy on top of the mountain he was the bruno sammartino he was the hulk hogan he was the rick flair of the quote-unquote territory or wwe during that time he went away and now he wants it back
1: The only thing I have, the only minor note I have for this feud overall, it's only a little note, is because they introduced it so late into the feud, Austin never says until three days before WrestleMania, when he's in the interview with JR and The Rock, I I will do anything to get that title. I want it, and I... Like it, it is everything to me. He hints at it a couple times, but when he finally says it, I'm like, I only wish that was said two weeks ago.
0: Let's get it. Let's kick it off right now. Now this this build to this feud is five weeks, ten episodes, five Raw, five SmackDown. It's uh, February twenty six, night after No Way Out. Rock beat Kurt Angle. Very good match. I always liked the chemistry between those two.
1: Kurt's underrated. Kurt has great chemistry with almost anybody he's ever wrestled. I've never really seen him have bad chemistry. He's had uh, chemistry with certain people, but he's usually pretty good with most people.
0: He's in the rare category with Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles, and I'm going to put Christian Cage in there too because I think Christian Cage is phenomenally, phenomenal and phenomenally underrated.
1: Uh, I think that, Christian has gotten better as time has gone on.
0: I just think all of them have great psychology in wrestling. But this is when Kurt was still finding his groove, and he was picking it up very naturally too. Rock comes out, and he praises Kurt Angle's ability, but then immediately calls him a virgin because that's what Rock did back then.
1: Well, that's what that's what all the baby faces did. You look at all of them. Anytime you were a good talker, you and you could. You could could build somebody up and then tear them down immediately. Like, Rock did it constantly. Jericho was great at tearing people down.
0: And the thing Uh, is, they were very generous with their losses, too. Because they can make fun of you all day long, and they would still get beat up.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, you believe, when the Rock gets his ass kicked, you believe it. Because he sells it real
0: Rock's cutting the promo on Kurt Angle, transitions to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Austin walks out and tells Rock to stay healthy. And the Rock tells him to get ready. Now, as a fan, were you hyped for this match? And were you still on the Rock side? Were you on Stone Cold side?
1: Oh, I was. I was always on Rock's side. Um, but yeah, you you can just feel it. Even rewatching it, you can still feel like the energy. The audience is going nuts. The audience has no idea who to pick. (laughs) Like, you want this match so bad. You almost don't want to wait till WrestleMania. You want it right
0: now. For the main event tonight, and I was really scratching my head because they show a video package at the beginning of the show of Rock Austin, and Big Show interferes. And it leads to this main event match. It's The Rock versus Kurt Angle versus Big Show for Big Show's Hardcore Championship. Now, now I wasn't watching wrestling at this point, and I've always heard about the hardcore shenanigans of the Attitude Era. But what was? Did you think it was a good idea to have the Hardcore Championship on the line? Here, it just seems like a pretty weird situation to kind of put it in because both Angle and Rock haven't really vowed for the Hardcore title, but it's a way to kind of blow off like what happened the night before it is
1: it's a little way to blow off it's a weird thing because the hardcore title as much as it was a fun title and you had insanity happen constantly with it hell it was hysterical because when they announce like when they go backstage because big big show pretty much leaves the match at some point because the 24-7 rule was insane
0: Sorry, we have interference from Billy Gunn, Albert, Perry Saturn, Hardcore Holly, S.A. Rios, and
1: S.A. Rios. Hearing that name again
0: <laughs> God. I haven't heard the name in ages. And this is the famous spot where Big Show picks S.A. Rios up, plasters him backstage on a wall. And his shoulders are down, so the referee counts the pin on the wall, so Big Show retains the hardcore championship. But as it ends, all all the heels are just on The Rock and just beating down on The Rock until Austin makes the save, making good on his pro- promise that The Rock should stay healthy for their match at WrestleMania 17. It
1: is really good because then you have like a little bit of a stare down this Austin walks away and rock stares him down. The interesting way to build it because it's like, Oh, is it going to be just Austin wants his best? Cause I think what next week, the rock literally froze angle back into ring to continue a fight with Austin next week.
0: Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get to that on this SmackDown. We have Kurt angle in the ring. He says he, he promises the rock or Austin will be carried out in stretchers after breaking their ankles tonight. this is the beginning of the Kurt angle shift he's less goofy here he's going to be goofy later on the year but he's less goofy here and now this is his serious side he just wants to break ankles after losing the wwf championship and now austin says he wants to whoop angles ass rock comes out builds wrestlemania with austin and he doesn't want austin's help he doesn't need his help referring to the raw before when austin saved him because no one wants to be saved by your enemy vince mcmahon comes out with regal and he makes Rock versus Regal for the WWF Championship and Austin versus Angle tonight. When you have a match that's scheduled in the middle of the show for the WWF Championship or the WW Championship, is it kind of a waste of a, not a waste of a match, but just like a waste of a stipulation? Because we all know that. Regal isn't going to win is it just kind of something that so the crowd could say, oh we saw a WWE title match
1: oh well, yeah it is it is a bit that like we saw a WWE title match we all know Regal wasn't gonna win because Regal's not that unfortunately Regal was never that caliber wrestler he was never like top guy of a company wrestler
0: he, yeah, he wasn't in that position
1: no he he was the commissioner hell I <laughs> I laughed when the rock brought up that he drank pee <laughs> it's such a dumb thing i think mcmahon even mentions like he wants this to be the biggest wrestlemania ever he doesn't want anything to happen between these two so he wants to keep them kind of separated and that's why he's like i'm gonna keep you in different matches and stuff but like but you constantly put them in matches like with kurt kurt clearly is furious that he's not the wwe champion anymore and kurt is out to like prove because if kurt beats austin or The Rock at any given point during this feud, he would have a serious uh, call to be put into that match.
0: I think it, was, it really speaks to the Attitude Era storytelling around this time where you could have many different moving parts of a single feud, but it still feels like it's still focused on the two guys. Rock versus Regal. Rock wins by DQ when Kurt Angle interferes. And now we're at the current angle Steve Austin. Rock comes out on commentary. Regal comes out to interfere, and the Rock kind of makes the saves. And there's a little tease at the end. So Austin stuns Regal. The Rock teases the Rock bottom, Steve Austin, and they just stare at each other to close the show.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's Heyman who says on commentary he, where he goes, Rock could have just dropped him right there. It is a fun way to play with these two because they do it they do it very well, the two of them playing off each other. And it is a nice little like tease because this is something that I think current WWE has a problem with. At least they did more recently. Is they, As much as you have your two guys who are in this feud have to fight constantly. They have to always be touching each other. Rock and Austin, we are what this is... Week two now?
0: We're still in the first week.
1: We're still in the first week. They haven't touched each other yet, really.
0: Nope. It was just uh, this tease at the end of it.
1: Like, they've talked. they've, They've teased it, but they haven't... No one's thrown a punch at each other yet. No one's rock bottom. No one's stunnered. We are building this tension. They haven't fought in a tag match. They haven't fought, like, in a singles match. We are just building the tension of these two and it's a nice, slow build so far.
0: Kickoff of the second week, and Triple H calls out Steve Austin, saying we still have unfinished business from No Way Out. Austin comes out. Kurt Angle comes out, because he's still sore about SmackDown. The Rock comes out for the save, and a match is made later that night. Triple H and Kurt Angle against The Rock and Steve Austin in the main event. Now, when you think of high-caliber stars of the Attitude Era. These four come to mind immediately.
1: Yeah. Again, other than Undertaker, there aren't four bigger stars at the time. Like, Taker is the only guy you sub into this match that could take one of them out realistically as a top-four guy. And even then you could make the argument that one of them is still better than Taker.
0: If you were to say, who's your Mount Rushmore of the Attitude Era, you would have a solid argument for any combination of eight to ten names of that time. Yeah. And there's a little wrinkle in the Austin-Rock feud when Deborah goes to Vince McMahon saying, she liked being the assistant commissioner, but now she wants to go back to managing. And Vince is like, well, all right, well, right, I'll give, I'll give you a person to manage. So he announces before the match that Deborah, as of right now, will be managing The Rock. And Deborah is Stone Cold Steve Austin's wife at the time. Just another stoke to the flame of this feud.
1: Oh, well, yeah, because this is partially playing off of... The McMahon Austin feud that lasted for years it seems like
0: when Steve Austin is making his entrance, he just grabs Vince by the collar and you just hear Vince go, "Ah!" and then that's when the match kicks off, and the match ends with Steve Austin hitting a stunner on angle, but Deborah gets up on on the apron, and Steve's like, "What are you doing? Get down from there and as he's doing that, the ref turns around and the rocks on top of angle for the pin and now Deborah is celebrating her client, The Rock, with the win, and Steve Austin is bewildered right now from what has transpired. Now this is where we get to the Deborah arc of the storyline. How did you feel about Deborah's involvement? Did you think it was necessary? And if so, why or why not?
1: Yes and no. I- is it necessary? No, it's not really necessary. Like, they could have just kept going with where they were going and it would have worked. But it does add a little bit to again, the argument of two baby faces have to have a reason to really fight each other. Like the title is again at WrestleMania, that's what's important. But for them to fight right now, this gives them a reason to fight on Raws and SmackDowns.
0: It's gonna boil over into Austin warning The Rock to make sure nobody lays a hand on Deborah or it's his ass. And we're gonna find out if The Rock can hold up that end of the bargain. So we fast forward to SmackDown, where Deborah goes to Vince and saying, Why, why'd you put me with Rock? And Vince is, he, he's sincere, but he's very insincere in this moment, where he's like, well, Deborah, I, I see you as a high-quality manager, and what better person to manage the WWE champion than you? Vince is very much toying with him, and, and Steve Austin says, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Vince has always looked to screw me, and this is his next thing to put me in an awkward position with Deborah managing my opponent for WrestleMania. It's also kind of a tease where you you could kind of see Vince and Steve play up their rivalry here. Of course. And of course, what happens after the match at WrestleMania, we could see, we could ask questions. Well, was she planted there by both of them? It asks a lot of interesting questions that unfortunately weren't very much followed up on. But when we get to the match, it's The Rock versus Rikishi and Haku in a handicap match. And The Rock wins with a rock bottom, but Rikishi and Haku attack him after the match and Deborah tries to stop him. But then Haku traps Deborah's arms and now she's in the corner post and might get the dreaded stink face Rikishi was saying. I'm just going to back that ass up on Deborah, and just hit her with the stink face. But as she's in position, I was amazed how fast Austin was running to prevent this because his the glass breaks and he's already halfway down the ramp to stop it. And he's just brawling. He's stunning everybody. And he goes to leave. And then he realizes Deborah stayed with the rock because contractually, she's the rock's manager. So she has to stay behind.
1: Well, yeah, it it is it, it does add a little interesting dynamic to the two of them. It This whole match does play a little bit off of as much as how stupid it became. I did it for The Rock. Rikishi, he was such a fun, goofy-loving character. The fact that they tried to make him, like, the bad heel still baffles me to this
0: day. Well, that's why they switched it over to Triple H after the fact, because they knew it wasn't really working. It It's kind of like... Uh... A plot twist where it's like, all right, the main character is made out of the broccoli. Does doesn't make sense. Like I didn't expect it, but doesn't mean I like the twist. It just makes no sense. Anyway, we're we're at the end of week two. We're almost we're almost halfway through the build. How are we feeling so far with this match? Is, is are you getting excited? Are some things a little bit more tedious?
1: Again, it's a little like I do like that we haven't like repeated a match yet. That is one thing that I think is really good. Uh, like, so two weeks in, we have again, we haven't seen a match that we have seen before. Like, it is like, okay, we clearly are doing different matches, so it works out well. Is it a little tedious of the build? A little bit, but not too bad yet. It, it's not too. It's not so tedious where you're like, this is taking me out of it. But you're like, I just want it. I want. This to explode already.
0: Well, we're finally gonna get some explosion at this week's Raw, where we're gonna have Kurt Angle getting his rematch for the WWE Championship against the Rock. Kurt Angle said in an interview, if Deborah enters, he's gonna take matters in his own hands and he makes the the stick breaking motion with his hands, implying that he will break her ankle. Of course, Steve Austin is not very pleased with that, confronts Angle and it's like, Whoa, whoa. I'm not going to do anything. Spoiler alert, he's probably going to do something. Austin then goes to Rock saying, hey, if he lays a hand on Deborah, it's, it's your ass. So let's fast forward to the match. And,
1: well, I do love, because The Rock does go constantly. He goes, understand this. I didn't ask for Deborah. I didn't ask for her to be my manager. I didn't ask for anything with this. She's not my responsibility. She's your wife. Like, don't ask me to, like, if I'm getting my ass kicked and then suddenly Deborah steps in, don't ask me to save her. That's not my job.
0: What I find interesting in the build so far is that, again, there's no clear-cut good guy, bad guy here. It's just them reacting to situations that are happening around them. Like, for instance, in the main event, Angle gets disqualified by keeping the rock in the ankle lock for too long, and Deborah comes in pleading with Angle, please, please get off him, get off him. And then Angle teases doing the ankle lock to Deborah. Austin runs in, he beats up Angle, and then he tells Deborah to move out of the way, and boom, stunner. Stone Cold Steve Austin fired the first shot. He stuns the rock, and he warned him ahead of time. If anything happens to Deborah, it's on you. Now, when you're seeing this on TV, that Steve Austin was the first one to fire the shot, did you think that was the appropriate time to do it?
1: I think yes. I think this is the right time to do it. Again, this is week three. This is this is the time where we have to start seeing things or else the audience may get stagnant on the feud.
0: And do you think it was the right idea or the right decision for steve austin to strike first
1: uh yes it is the right idea for austin to strike first because as much as austin is a baby face actually the rock is kind of in the same boat they are both kind of what we would call tweeners now but austin is much more volatile than the rock is at this point
0: point. and we're gonna kick it on over to SmackDown, and Steve Austin has an interview with good old JR, and he's saying it's the culmination to his journey, ever since being taken out by that drastic car driven by Rikishi, and he's looking forward to go to WrestleMania and become WWE Champion, and says Vince is still on him, because he's paired up Deborah with The Rock, and he's still blaming Vince for some of the not the shortcomings, but what's going on in the uh, World Wrestling Federation as a whole in his career. And he is hyped up so much, in fact, for this no disqualification match for Austin and Angle. And The Rock comes down in the ring, and he's walking very slowly. And he's taking his time. And Steve Austin is down in the ring. And Rock throws Angle in the ring. And uh, they're asking, Rock, why are you doing that? And he's, Rock's like, oh, The Rock just wants to... Make sure this match continues fairly. And then the Rock finally can't stand it anymore, and he wants his revenge now. He knows he got stunnered on Raw. He wants to rock bottom Austin. He goes for the rock bottom on Austin. Angle interrupts. So now Angle and Rock are brawling for a bit. And then the Rock rock bottoms Angle. And then he turns around, and wham! One more stunner. Another stunner. So then Rock is out, and Austin covers Angle. Gets the one, two, three. And Austin celebrates at the end of the show. Now that's two shows in a row that Austin stands tall. When you're seeing this as a Rock fan, how were you feeling at this time? Were you just being like, "Oh, why? Why does the Rock keep getting in these situations?" Or did you think you were you thinking, "Oh, the Rock's going to get his revenge eventually"?
1: Well, at the time, I thought, "Okay, the Rock's going to get his revenge." At the time when I was younger watching it going, yeah, The Rock's going to get, you know, eventually get his. But even re-watching it now, I was almost a little scared because I, I don't remember this everything perfectly, you know. It's been years since I've watched the build-up to The Feud. I've watched The Match a bunch of times, but the build-up I haven't watched. And I'm like, do they build The Rock to, like a weak looking champion like is that going to be a thing here is like Austin always going to get like the upper hand like I don't remember that being the case
0: especially around this time or for the majority of Steve Austin's time very rarely was he ever looked as weak in a build it would, would be like if he was weak one week then he would get revenge 10 times over the next week and it's it's kind of like the bugs bunny effect where you think oh we got bugs what right where we want them and then all of a sudden bugs like drops a giant uh ton of weight on your head you know it's kind of like that effect like the roadrunner effect you know? yeah bugs Bunny effect
1: it is it definitely is it is I, I i think it having austin keep this upper hand early does add a little bit to as we get forward as the rock does play this game a little more effectively it's just nice to see that they built this so well they really did build this really well because now we've had a couple of instances of explosion but not not the big one yet
0: it's like we're gonna get to that explosion and we're gonna get it to it right now because next night on raw this is the start of week four and now we have The Rock waiting for Steve Austin's plane because Steve Austin is having flight troubles and The Rock comes out to the ring. He's like, Steve Austin doesn't have plane troubles. He has Rock troubles. And then he goes to the back and he has to prepare for his handicap match. It's champions versus maybe challengers. I don't know. It's The Rock and Chris Jericho against the, the formidable team of William Regal, Chris Benoit and kurt angle and the end of that match is pure chaos the regal pins jericho which sets up their match at wrestlemania let me back up a little bit so coach is at the airport and he's interviewing austin stone cold the rock just uh
1: he's waiting for you basically the
0: coach is just saying he's waiting for you he's like is he now it's like oh thank you very much the rock (laughs) steve austin is now stone cold's gonna just go over there and whip the rocks ass. by the way Give me my bags, too, while you're at it, uh, coach. <laughs> Match is over, pure chaos. Steve Austin's music hits, and he's hitting everybody inside. And he wants to go for another stunner on The Rock because, again, Rock called him out. So the logical thing is you, you want a stunner in him again. But Kurt Angle interferes, and then Steve Austin takes care of Angle. But as he's turning around, The Rock, boom, hits Steve Austin with the WWE title. And now Chris Benoit is on the rock. Rock tosses out. Chris Benoit, they're both... And I thought this was, like, a great shot. A great planned shot. Now, they're both, like, woozy. They're both a little wobbly. They hit back-to-back. Back. They turn around, and the rock is just a split second faster and hits the rock bottom on Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Oh, yeah. it it It, it is a great way to get the rock back as heat. It's this whole chaos, as much as you... That's the way you described it earlier because it is chaos. It's just great to see when Rock just drops him. and (laughs) You're like, yes, here we go.
0: There's so much going on. Like you have Rock hitting Austin with a title belt. Then you have Benoit coming in on The Rock and The Rock finally overcoming Benoit and them both staggering to their feet. And then they hit back to back and they both turn around seeing who's there and The Rock just instinct rock bottoms Steve Austin. And that's how we end the show. And that's how we're going to get to SmackDown, too. This is probably my favorite part of the build. I'm not going to lie. It is Jim Ross interviewing both The Rock and Steve Austin. And it's them just talking and discussing pretty much what we talked about so far. Deborah being involved. Why the match at WrestleMania is the most important for him. With Rock, it's all about legacy and proving that he's on top of the mountain. That he is... WWF. He is the champion. This is who he is. With Austin, it's about gaining everything he lost since that neck injury. Since he's been run over. And he says, I need to beat you, Rock. I need it more than you could ever imagine. Now, you sitting there as the fan at this time, and just how these two came across, who do you think won this exchange? And you're Opinion.
1: I think. Even as a rock. I think Austin wins this exchange. But not by much. I think both of them do an amazing job. For an interview segment. To. Build a few. To continue this build. Is amazing. I don't think WWE. Has. The. Balls to do this again. Something like this. I don't think I've ever seen it since then. Where you have two people in an interview room talking
0: in current day WWE, we have the split screen where they're not in the same room because it's like, Oh, we don't know what's going to happen right now. But now it's kind of like, uh, they, they did this later in, uh, 2003 with Kane and Shane, where they're just at a restaurant and it's like a scene from a uh, mob movie. And they're just talking <laughs> about how they're going to decimate each other. It, it's not as quite dramatic as it's now. Cause it's still in the, the wrestling setting where JR is interviewing. It's a 10-minute segment with The Rock and Austin going back and forth describing why this match and why the WWE Championship is the most important thing in the world to them. And there's no script. Steve Austin and Jim Ross said they didn't have any script of what they were going to say. Rock was going to say some things. Steve Austin was going to say some things in character and just kind of bounce off and just kind of go from there. Now, I find that amazing that they carried a compelling 10-minute interview segment, and both of them here were at the top of their game.
1: You only let that happen when you trust two people, or even three people, because you got to trust Jim Ross, too. When you trust free people inherently to do something, and these free guys delivered, because you can't discount what Jim Ross does. As much as Jim Ross is just the neutral party here, as neutral as he can be because he was a stone-cold homer forever. Everyone always knows he was. Uh, he does a great job letting these two guys just build. The What do you think of The Rock personally? What do you think of Stone Cold personally? Like, It's just the perfect questions, the perfect responses – and it does so much more for this. Few. And the thing about like the when we brought up was Deborah necessary? No, she wasn't because right here at, in this interview, Stone Cold says, "Forget about Deborah. It's over. It's done. Basically, she doesn't matter anymore. Now we're on to the final stages of what this is."
0: I do agree with uh, like that's some aspect. But Deborah was that that kind of match, you know, that match to yeah start the flame that gasoline trail to what we were going to have at WrestleMania where was she completely necessary? Not necessarily, but I think it was a way for both stone cold and the rock to finally interact with each other and finally get physical with each other.
1: Well, yeah, again, because they're both baby faces. So you have to give them a reason to interact.
0: And like you said, the whole personally, I don't care for Steve Austin personally, I don't care for The Rock. And just how they're interacting with and Even even Stone Cold admits during that sit-down that The Rock brings the best out in him, and he brings out the best in The Rock. And at WrestleMania 17, they're going to create magic. And you could tell by Steve Austin's demeanor, but he he was fantastic in this promo segment. And he's just, both of them are just staring each other down. But Steve Austin, you could like here the serious the venom in this there's no comedy which i was surprised because these are probably the two most not comedic wrestlers but they're the ones that added a, a level of humor into their feuds and rivalries even when they did their first rivalry there was a lot of haha with the throwing the intercontinental championship off the bridge here it was just i'm the best at this and. Not even Stone Cold or The Rock, depending on who's talking, is going to interfere with that. And at WrestleMania, I'm going to prove that I belong on the top of the mountain. Just an overall great segment as a whole.
1: There are rivalries in wrestling. Two guys who are perfect for each other. They're the yin to the yang. Rock and Austin. H and Michaels. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. Edge Cena, Edge Cena. I'll even give Cena Orton. There are guys who are like the perfect like connection with each other, and you don't have it as often as I think wrestling needs it at times. And at this point, this is like this was that moment.
0: Like you said, there's a very select number of people who could find that that quote-unquote, dance partner, that chemistry that they have. And Rock and Austin were probably one of the best ones, not only during this era, but of all time.
1: You have a lot of great people who have great matches with great people. Like, Angle has great matches with everybody. But you don't have that other guy. That guy that, when you know there's There's a reason they did this three times,
0: yeah, yeah They tell three completely different stories too, and all of them, yeah. being even even different, but just as good as the next. but as we're we're getting down there, there's actually more to the Smackdown. I didn't even real I thought it was just gonna be the segment, but we have the rocks in the Handicap match, and the reason for that interview as a whole was. JR was asking, "Well, Rock, do you want Steve Austin as a tie partner?" And the Rock's like, "No, oh, no, I don't need a partner." So it's the Rock versus Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, and Vince McMahon gets involved. There's a rock bottom. The Vince McMahon, but Kurt Angle attacks, and and Kurt Angle is just on the ankle lock, and Deborah's pleading. The referees are pleading with Angle to get off the Rock, and you see Steve Austin backstage. You see him backstage, and then you see him get up. He's gonna come save the Rock. And then it cuts back to the ring where The Rock's screaming in agony, screaming in pain, and then it cuts back to backstage. And Steve Austin just gets a beer, sits down, and just watches the uh, destruction.
1: Because now we've built to this point, and it's very interesting because now, like early on when Austin was like, oh, be healthy, but now it's like both of them are building to a point where they know – no matter. They want whatever advantage they can get at the match now. Because the match is going to happen.
0: Now, before, you could argue like in week one or two of the build, it was more professional. But ever since the inclusion of Deborah, now since there have been stunners and rock bottoms exchanged, now it's become personal. Yes. Now we're in the final week of the build. And this is a crazy week because you started the show saying you were a WCW fan. Well, this is the show where it's the last WCW Nitro.
1: Yes, it is.
0: This is the last one. Now, you primarily starting as a WCW fan, how did that affect your wrestling fandom, if at all?
1: It was crazy, honestly, cuz I remember so I remember so vividly at this point going back and forth. Going like, "Oh, I'll watch I watch 10 minutes of Nitro and then I'll flip to WWE and watch 10 minutes of Raw." Um, and we'll just go back and forth. And I remember Shane walking out on Nitro, and how crazy! Because at that point, I was I was ten, eleven, maybe watching Shane walk out. Because I wasn't paying attention to the 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 news, and then seeing Shane McMahon walk out and go. The contract reads McMahon. But it doesn't read Vince McMahon. It reads Shane McMahon. I remember bugging out. <laughs> I lost my shit.
0: <laughs> now, when Shane says, I just bought WCW, did you think at that time they were starting their own promotion? Because there were plans to do a WCW reboot even like before Vince bought in. then they were planning on doing another WCW uh, reboot with uh, the WWE branding. Did you think like Shane buying WCW uh, was the biggest story at that time for you?
1: Oh, it was. It was the biggest story. Cause then you go I remember going to the lunchroom the next day and talking to your friend my friends at the time and going, Yo, can you just imagine what could happen? Gobert could show up at like SmackDown or like Sting could be there. Like you you did the, you your mind just went wild with the possibility.
0: So we get to the main event, and the main event could be could have been a legit pay-per-view main event because you have The Rock and Steve Austin against the Brothers of Destruction. Now, if you were to categorize again, four stars or four or five stars, these would be the guys who would define that attitude Era. So it's very apropos that they finish the final Nitro versus Raw with this match.
1: Oh, it is. But even before this match, you have the little, the Rock's looking for Stone Cold. And he finds Stone Cold in his dressing room and goes, we're partners tonight. And that's it. Like, I don't want to be your partner, but we're partners tonight at least. And Austin goes, well, after the match, all bets are off. And he's like, okay, fine. We're good. Let's go.
0: Yeah, but mutual understanding.
1: These four guys getting into the ring, and I have, like you have Taker and Austin going at it. and It's great. Rock and Kane are going on on out the outside. Rock again selling great for Kane throws him into the table, and Rock's like, "Oh God, my stomach, God."
0: Yeah, Kane is very underrated big man too.
1: What made Kane so great, and throughout his time as a wrestler? He's a lot more agile than I think anybody gives him credit for.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Like Kane always had, he had the clothesline off the top rope. Like Taker had the old school, but like Kane just, he just moved quicker.
0: This match ends with Triple H interfering because he's facing Undertaker at WrestleMania. Clocks Taker in the back with a steel chair. Austin goes over, pins Taker. And as Austin's celebrating, he asks for some beer. Rock is just staring Austin down. Austin's busy opening his beers. And you could see, like, a beer on the ground that Austin already drank. You see the Rock's foot gently just brush that beer to the side. The Rock spins Austin around, kicks him in the gut, and delivers his own finishing move. He hits Stone Cold with the stunner.
1: It's just adding a little bit to the personal. It's a personal thing to hit, like, Stone Cold with the Stone Cold stunner. And this is, I feel like this was the first real time people were doing that. Like, this is the start of like, oh, I can do your finishing move on you. And it's like a cool thing. Like, you weren't seeing Hulk Hogan jump off the top rope, hitting an elbow drop like Savage.
0: I don't don't even think that would be physically possible. That would be scary, man.
1: (laughs) That would be a scary thing, watching Hulk and fly off the top rope.
0: (laughs) That's something I need to see. Not now, though no his, no his his back is destroyed
1: also god it's just, it's, i don't even know if he could get to the top rope if he wants the to.
0: image is all i need <laughs>
1: someone out there can do that somewhere
0: no one was doing each other's finishers really that much well you had kane and taker but they're brothers It, it it's in the family you can do the choke slam you can do the tombstone you can do anything yeah. But this is a more personal, these are two guys going at it and trying to one-up the head game with each other, whether intentional or not, and this is the final stamp on that road to WrestleMania, The Rock hitting Austin with the stunner, giving him a taste of his own medicine. Austin was
1: ahead early, Rock came back and tied him, basically. It evens it out.
0: Which is a good parallel for their careers, too. Austin was always in front, but The Rock is just as strong and just came back from behind again.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then it leads to this this final little showdown.
0: Yes, it does. And it is the final face-off. So Austin comes out, calls out The Rock. Vince comes out. He's saying, I'm not letting anybody ruin my WrestleMania. The Rock comes back out, or he comes out. And Austin's like, So you like beer, huh? We're going to do a little toast for you. So here's to your health. Here's to your happiness and here's for me winning the wwf title at wrestlemania and then he smacks rock's beer can and then the rock responds in kind and he's like here's to your health here's to your happiness and here's to the rock winning at wrestlemania 17 and then clunks the beer again to Austin. then they're just throwing punches at this point they're you're just going for broken Vince is like, No, no, and then he's calling the referees down, he's calling all the superstars down. You have Billy Gunn, you have Crash Holly, just separating. <laughs> What's them.
1: Crash gonna do?
0: <laughs> he's gonna do a lot, he's the Houdini of hardcore, he could do a lot, he can make them both disappear. But everyone's splitting up, and they're splitting them up in like separate dress- dressing rooms. It was like a hockey fight out there, oh, yeah, just all of them. But I have to say, whenever rocks in these brawls. I feel like his arms don't move at all. It's like one of those Sokem like robots, but it's like it never fully extends. It just kinda like like gets stuck into place.
1: Yeah, it does a little bit, but Again, this was will... this was meant to be a quick like we're we're gonna get these guys separated as quick as possible. It, it was
0: the final tease before the the match at WrestleMania seventeen, and this show ends With the the famous video package, My Way by Limp Biscuit. Now, as far as highlight packages go or as far as promo packages go, what exactly makes this one the upper echelon? Because this has been for when I think of like highlight packages and what I see on online or just among fans on what's the best highlight package, this is always in the top three usually at the number one spot, what makes this highlight package that special?
1: A, well, A, a lot of people who do those rankings is part of your childhood, part of what made you love wrestling in the first place. Like, you connected to that memory. But it is great because you have these two guys who who are, again, the top of the industry. And the song, like... You'll see things my way. This is going to be my time. I'm going to be champion. And it's just the energy, the build, the stop in the middle, just like where you get the just one more fight and i will be history. Like it's just a little slowdown adds to the build because then you get the, them looking at each other and it's just everything about it. WWE, when they used to do these packages, were great at it. And I missed these packages so much.
0: You go back to that line, just one more, and now will be history. And that has like a double meaning because they, whoever wins is going to be solidified into history as the top guy. And the one who loses, they will be history. And never forgotten again. Obviously, that's not true with either of these superstars. But the feeling is like, this is all on the line. This is what the entire Attitude Era Wrestling has been building to was this fight right here. And we're going to
1: get. Yeah. Honestly, there's only one. The only other, like, as much as there were so many great packages, the only other one that I remember as vividly as this one is the. I want to say it's like the first Hell in the Cell, where they're talking all the biblical quotes and stuff. And whoever they. Like paid to do like the the Hellfire voice <laughs> was like great at what he was doing, <laughs> um. But it just it's just so perfect, and it it put all these moments together in such a way that you were just so ex- you were already pumped, and it just drove you over the edge waiting for this match.
0: Well, then let's get to the match, shall we? Yes, let's... Now, this is WrestleMania 17, Rock Austin 2. And it goes for 28 minutes, a little over 28 minutes. And before the match, a very interesting thing happens. Howard Finkel announces this match now has no disqualifications. The announcers, who are Jim Ross and Paul Heyman, are scratching their heads saying, why why, why is it no disqualification? Now, as, as a fan, you watching back, were you just like, Oh yeah, no disqualification. Or did that kind of like raise uh, some eyebrows or question marks in your head, saying what's going on here?
1: At the time, because I am still, I was still decently young. My thought process was because this has gotten so personal. You were just like, oh, you want you want these guys to prove it, and then you want nothing to stop them except the other guy. And the Rocky. In, that, in the interview back then, The Rock said, all my sweat, all my blood, it's going to take everything you have to stop me. Just like I know it's going to take everything I have to stop you. So this is like that. Like We are going to go at it no matter what.
0: Yeah, they just go right out of the gate. They're just brawling. They're going through the crowd. They're getting busted open. The Rock goes through a table by accident when he's laying on it. And then... Both of them are busted open. They're bleeding, and they're throwing everything at, but the kitchen sink at them. Rock bottoms, people's elbows, stunners, the million dollar dream.
1: That was great. Seeing that was another thing that I think WWE stopped doing after a while. They stopped highlighting like past things wrestlers did. For a long time, because it was like, oh, we don't want to admit, like, oh, this guy changed his gimmick. Like, we don't want to admit that happened.
0: Yeah, like retconning it. Yeah,
1: like, we don't want to admit, like, hypothetically, like, oh, Seth Rollins used to be a clown or something. We don't want to admit that. That never happened.
0: Yeah, with Steve Austin as the ringmaster being brought in by the Million Dollar Man is a nice little callback to, it's a nice little reward to fans who saw him rise through those ranks, and he's actually going to the the well so to speak, to try to get the job done. And then The Rock does the uh, Roddy Piper, Bret Hart finish where it's like (laughs) he just climbs the turbuckles, tries to roll over for the pin, but Austin kicks out.
1: These guys want to pull out all the stops. They They know each other so well that they have to pull out stuff they haven't done in ages to try and get this win. And that's like, that's what this shows here. And it's a great little, it's again, it's a great little thing to show like they will do whatever it takes. If Austin has to hit the Million Dollar Dream, which he hasn't hit in years, he's going to do it.
0: And then during the match, you have Vince McMahon walk out and he's doing that power strut. And then The Rock has Austin in a pending predicament. And Vince McMahon pulls The Rock off of Austin. Rock obviously is not happy with Vince. Chases Vince around the ring. Vince goes in, Rock comes into the ring after, and Austin hits the Rock with the Rock bottom. Gets a two count.
1: This was one of those things, because you didn't know, when Vince first comes out, actually the first thing you think is, oh, the Rock's going to turn heel. Because you're like, it's Vince and Stone Cold. They can't be on the same side. They they, they just can't. And then when he pulls the rock, you're like, wait, what? Like, what what are we doing here? And even until Austin calls for the chair, you're like, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Austin calls for the chair. Vince gets him the chair. Austin starts beating the rock with the chair. He's doing uh, the chair shots. He's doing the the stabbing chair shots. You have Austin holding the rock up with Vince hitting him with the chair. And he's just hitting him multiple times. At least, it was almost 20 times. It was so many chair shots.
1: Uh, I think the one, this is the only thing about this match that upsets me a little bit. Even though, Back then, chair shots were a lot more, oh, he got hit with a chair. He's actually down. Hell, we just saw it last week when H hits Taker with a chair and Austin rolls him up and wins the match with one chair shot. Now it takes like 40 to hit somebody and they win the match. Just because it's just the stabbing motions and then a couple hits on the shoulder, I almost wanted one more shot to the head by Austin. Like one more like, diving shot, just to be like, okay, that's the that's the final blow. You know what I mean?
0: At this point, The Rock has kicked out of the stunner, kicked out of the rock bottom, kicked out of a chair shot, and now Austin is desperate. He is just going to town with these chair shots, and it almost seems like a little, not anticlimactic, but it's just like, oh, that's what took The Rock out?
1: Yeah, like, it, it should have been just like one more really good chair shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This one more... Vince picks him up and Austin just charges it. I and gives him one more big leap and that's it, you know. One,
0: one more Mortal Kombat fatality blow. That's what you're yes. looking for.
1: But so. you know, it, it's it, again, it, it's it's nitpicking. It really is mm-hmm. because chair shots again back in the Attitude Era were a little more damaging, right? So it's it, it's forgivable. But nowadays, you because you have a mindset where we've seen, again, people take 40 chair shots and walk away.
0: <laughs> right. Austin wins the WWE title. He does. He's celebrating with it. He's celebrating with the championship. And he holds out his hand to Vince McMahon, his mortal enemy since 1997. Yep. And they shake hands and A new era is born with the Steve Austin-Vince McMahon partnership in Texas, Stone Cold's home state.
1: And everybody loses it.
0: And now you as a fan at this time and watching Steve Austin turn heel, turn into a bad guy, the equivalent of Batman shaking the Joker's hand and them running rush shot over Gotham, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't really happen that way in uh, WWE. Now, what was as a kid? What was your reaction to this mind-blowing moment? Uh,
1: shock, shock. Because again, as you said, these guys have been feuding for what four years now, basically. For like, he, this doesn't happen. He, you almost, it, it it's like a nightmare. You don't, you don't expect Austin to turn heel and side with Vincent K. McMahon. Like, it doesn't happen like that. But in the same breath, when you look back at it and you, and you have Austin going, I will do anything to be the WWF champion again. I will do whatever it takes. And when you have two guys who, as we've said throughout this video, are on pale, on the same level with each other, you take that little advantage of signing your soul over to the devil to make sure you win.
0: <laughs> Off air, we talked. I asked you, your top 10 favorite matches, and this one cracked the top 10. Oh, yeah. What makes this match to you a top 10 match?
1: The build is great, honestly. Again, except for a couple of little nitpicks, the build is an amazing build. Both of them sell it amazingly. Both of them beat the living hell out of each other. You buy everything that's happening. You have, two of again, two of the biggest wrestlers of all time. If you were building a Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, just period, these two guys would be in heavy consideration on that Mount Rushmore. You haven't had a time where you had your two top babyfaces fight and give it their all, and then you have something, the most unthinkable thing happen. Like, you can't even think, like, I can't even think of Actually, no, there's only one other time where you have something as crazy as Austin shaking hands with McMahon. And that's when Hogan joins the NWO. Like, those are the only two moments that you could ever have this.
0: Well, there's very few times where the audience is actually stunned or shocked. They were going crazy here for WrestleMania 17 because they treated Austin like the hometown hero, which is pretty much what it was. They were in Texas. but. Uh, rewatching the build to this is there anything different that you would put in the pro category or the con category when it comes to this rivalry like you said those little nitpicks
1: again the the couple of little cons are i would have liked them to mention austin earlier on going i will do anything to win this title um again i it's probably again a, a new mindset also about a uh, one more chair shot at the end The Rock's night on WrestleMania, but besides that, I think the build is done pretty well. Does it get a little miniature tedious in week two? Yeah, but you know what? That's forgivable because then week three we course correct and we're going.
0: Just watching this for the first time, just the TV shows, because uh, I watched the uh, Rock and Austin prior. Watching the build back. It was really cool to watch just kind of how everything unfolded because you have Kurt Angle almost playing a supporting role throughout the whole rivalry to prevent Rock and Austin from getting at each other early. And then, of course, like you said, the promos, Austin's promo wise of just intensity saying, I need to get that WWE championship. I need to beat The Rock because he's been off for so long, it's almost like he's trying to convince himself that he still has it, and he's a desperate man, and what do desperate men do? They do desperate things, and he did that by, quote-unquote, selling his soul to the devil, being Vince McMahon, and that started the, the gears turning for the Stone Cold heel run as the top bad guy of the promotion for a time.
1: You would have liked to have another baby face to kind of counteract that, but you didn't have it at the time. And that's probably why that heel turn ended up souring because, again, as you we've hinted, The Rock would slowly go to Hollywood at this point. And you didn't really have that guy to take his place.
0: Do you think this was the swan song of the Attitude Era? Do you think this is where the Attitude Era laid to rest and just kind of evaporated and transitioned to a different era. Because after this, The Rock and Austin are just kind of slowly taking a back seat to the newer generation. And now, with Rock going to Hollywood and Austin ending his career in a couple years' time, this would be their strong... Uh, this would be the strong conclusion to the Attitude Era that a lot of people point to, because this is the last pay-per-view where wrestling is of that mainstream popularity.
1: This is probably... The thing about the Attitude Era and these eras we like to try and put boxes in, no era ends on top. So this is this is like the last moment. This last, this is the last big, like, epic moment. But everything after this is still the attitude era, and it goes out with a whimper. Like that's the thing. You never end on top. You always end eventually on the bottom, and that's when you have to start over with the new era. So yes, this is the last big glorious moment. But this isn't technically the end of the attitude era the couple months following this is the end of the attitude era
0: final question we've made it to the final portion now a lot of us wrestling fans are familiar with the star system i'm gonna give out a couple categories you tell me how many stars you would give it like if you were to do a movie like on movie podcast shows like shoot the flick which is av- which is available on wednesdays on your Podcast oh yeah! No. Now for the match quality, the promos, and the build, I want you to try to give a ranking out of five stars for each of those things. Uh,
1: the, the match quality, it's five out of the five. Like again, these you you have two of the biggest baby faces of all time beating the living hell out of each other and both doing whatever it takes to win and then you have the twist at the end which at the at the time blew my little brain out of my head basically it was so shocking <laughs> and then the build is the build is still great it really is I, again maybe it, it it started maybe a half a week too late the 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 hitting of each other, but even still, that's, that's a real big nitpick on my part. So probably, I'd probably again, say five out of five, maybe 4.75 if I really want to be a nitpicky jerk off.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but it's probably closer to a five out of five. And what was the last one you said? Uh, build match promos promos yeah uh five out of five easy (laughs) two of the best talkers in all of history
0: yep and you would and you would give austin and rock five out of fives as well easy yep easy all right man this has been wrestling retold and relived with richie mars thank you to scott eisenberg for joining me tell us where we could follow you scott
1: uh you can follow me uh and my lovely wife on twitter and instagram at shoot the flick uh richie said we are on pretty much any podcast platform uh we talk about movies uh we usually are what we do is we pick a movie each month uh, each week and introduce our uh, each other to it so recently we did jingle all the way my wife introduced me to jingle all the way um and now i'm introducing to her to uh batman and robin (laughs) 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 um she also has thrown out the challenge to richie to pick a wrestling movie and she says she's down for that so uh (laughs) Uh,
0: Uh, does she want a good one or a bad one because i feel like she says
1: she's she says she's down for anything she 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 said she's down for whatever
0: (laughs) i i listened to the episode and i will take her up on that challenge you know it's (laughs) just remember she asked for it
1: I know she did, and she's going to regret it. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we are on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, The episodes come out Wednesday. Uh, Give us a listen.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much for joining me, Scott. And this has been Wrestling Retold and Relived with Richie Mars. Thank you, and we'll see you again next time. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Outro music, outro music, outro music.